The Old Testament lesson for this Thanksgiving Eve service is from the book of Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter. The whole commandment that I commanded you today, you shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you, and your your foot did not swell these forty years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, the Lord, your God, disciplines you. So you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and by fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs, flowing out in the valleys and the hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper, and you shall eat and be full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land that he has given you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle lesson is from Paul's first letter to Timothy, the second chapter, beginning at verse 1. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings, and for all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it's pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Out of respect for Christ our Savior, I invite you to rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel is from the Gospel of St. Luke, the 17th chapter, beginning at verse 11. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee, And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance, and they lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Well, grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this evening's message as we Prepare to celebrate Thanksgiving Day is from Psalm 
30. And I want to read these words to you now. They're written by King David. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you healed me. O Lord, you have brought up my soul from Sheol. You restored me to life from among those who go down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, O you his saints, and give thanks to his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. By your favor, O Lord, you made my mountain stand strong. You hid your face, and I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I cry, and to the Lord I plead for mercy. What profit is there? In my death, if I go down to the pit, will the dust praise you? Will it tell of your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me. O Lord, be my helper. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness, that my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. This is our text. In the name of God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit, amen. The author of this psalm, King David, is, is writing this psalm while he is experiencing one of the highlights of his life, one of the high points. You see, he is laying the groundwork for his son Solomon to build the house of the Lord. But as he celebrates, King David reflects on his past. His life has had its share of ups and downs. From the euphoria of slaying the giant Goliath, to the horror of being hunted as an outlaw by King Saul. From being a dignified king, to the humiliation of pretending to be a madman. From the honor of it being said of him that he has a heart like God, to the disgrace of seeing that his heart is possessed with covetousness, lust, and is even capable of murder. From the pride of having a house full of children, to the shame of seeing his son scheme and plot and kill one another even attempting, to, in Absalom's case, to overthrow David from his throne. David's life has been filled with joy and weeping, with dancing and mourning, with the riches of a king and the poverty of a pauper, with success and with failure, with dreams realized and hopes unfulfilled with being the object of God's forgiving favor and mercy, but also being the brunt of God's anger. David has his share of reasons as to lament his life. But there are also many reasons for David to praise and give thanks 
to God. David begins the psalm by stating his intention to praise God and to give thanks to God. He says, I will extol the Lord. The Lord has given David many reasons to praise him. The Lord has rescued him from his enemies. When he was ill, he he cried to the Lord for healing, and the Lord restored him, even preserving his life from Sheol, that is death. And although the object of God's anger and justifiably so for his rebellion against God, David acknowledges and he's relieved to know that God's anger is but for a moment. And his favor is for a lifetime. Mournful events have been David's steady companions, but there's an end to them. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. David is so moved by God's benevolence that he invites all of God's people to join him in giving thanks to God. Sing praises to the Lord, O you his saints, and give thanks to his holy name. David promises to be faithful to God, for he vows, As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. But then he recalls a season in his life when the Lord hid his face from him. And during this time in his life, David pleaded, To you, O Lord, I cry, and to the Lord I plead for mercy. What profit is there in my death if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it tell of your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me. O Lord, be my helper. His is a confession of sin, of owning his sin, of admitting that it is his rebellion against the Lord that causes God to hide his face from David. But upon deeper reflection, David recognizes that the Lord is merciful. Even when it appears as though God has turned from him or when God has allowed trials and tribulations to come into his life, and he believes God to have forsaken him. David realizes that even in those moments, God is merciful to him. He writes, you turned for me my mourning into dancing. You've loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness, that my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you. Forever. His grief is replaced by dancing. His mournful repentance is supplanted by joy. God's undeserved mercy and favor absolves David of all of his sin and restores him to a relationship with the Lord. His life is recentered upon gratitude for God's blessings. Forgiven and reconciled to God, David vows to live a life of praise and thanksgiving to God from henceforth. One of the significant aha moments for David is when it dawns on him that God is present in David's joy and God is present in his trouble and sorrow. In the words of a Bible commentator, David has come to a lively awareness of God's presence in all of his life. Do you see the parallels 
between your life and that of King David? Place yourself into this psalm. You're reflecting on your past. Maybe you're reflecting on the past year or two of your life. Maybe you are reflecting upon the past five years of your life. Maybe you're even reflecting upon the last two or three or four decades of your life. And what has been your experience? Have you had your share of ups and downs? Has your heart been filled with joy as you experienced the love of family and friendship? Or have you found yourself weeping for the loss of relationships in your life? Have you mourned your sin and been ashamed of your rebellion against God? Or have you found yourself dancing with delight in the Lord's favor and forgiveness? Has exhaustion sapped you of your energy and your will to live? Or have you been renewed and refreshed in your spirit by the Spirit of the Lord? Have you rejoiced in your successes or been frustrated and distraught over your failures? And have your dreams in life been realized? Or have your hopes been unfulfilled? Has a long period of emotional darkness been your path? Or has the brilliance of Christ's light dispelled the darkness, lifting your spirit and granting you hope for the future? As you reflect on your past, you might respond by saying yes to all of the above. That's life, isn't it? It's filled with ups and it's filled with downs. But the good news is that our merciful God is with us in our times of joy and in our times of trouble and sorrow. Like King David, we may look back at something in our life that was not so pleasant for us to experience, and yet we see how God in His mercy sustained us. His anger was but for a moment, and His favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. Maybe you find yourself this evening in a place of your life that is not so pleasant and it's certainly unwelcomed what you're experiencing. You may be wondering when the Lord's anger will relent or you may be pondering when the weeping will end and the joy and the hope will be rekindled in your heart. Well, friends, I cannot predict when the unpleasantries of your life will cease. Nor can I foretell when you will emerge from that dark valley in which you may find yourself. But I can assure you that the Lord looks upon you with his favor in Christ Jesus. I can assure you that in Jesus, the almighty and merciful God grants you his pardon, forgiveness, and remission of all of your sins. I can assure you that the Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given you the new birth of water and of the Spirit when you are baptized, not only forgives you of all of your sins, but He strengthens you with His grace to life everlasting. And I can assure you that the one who healed the lepers can also heal you. 
And I can assure you that your crucified and resurrected Savior holds you in his arms now and forevermore. As I was driving to church this morning, I heard a song from the musical group Casting Crowns. It was their song, Scars in Heaven. They're singing about a significant loss in a person's life. If you watch the music video, you'll see that a husband and wife go through the terrible ordeal of the wife having cancer and ultimately dying. But the husband is comforted by knowing that his wife abides in the loving arms, the scarred hands of her Savior, Jesus. And the words go like this. The only scars in heaven, they don't belong to me and you. There'll be no such thing as broken, and all the old will be made new. And the thought that makes me smile now, even as, he, as the tears fall down, is that the only scars in heaven are on the hands that hold you now. You and I are in the loving embrace of our Savior, Jesus Christ whose scars testify to God's love for you and for me and his promise that death makes us, that his death makes us right with God. Through Christ, we are reconciled to our Heavenly Father. And it's these same scarred hands that will hold on to us for all eternity. Our Savior rose from the dungeon of death and he emerged into the sunlight of Easter morning alive and triumphant and victorious. And he promises that we too will live a new life, an eternal life, where there is no such thing as broken and where the old will be made new. And our tears will cease as eternal smiles are etched onto our faces as we rejoice and give thanks to God for our salvation in Christ Jesus. And so Psalm 30 leaves little doubt that God has a fondness for transforming weeping into joy, darkness into light, and even death into life. Yes, darkness comes, but so does the morning. Sadness comes, but so does hope. Sorrow may have the night, but joy comes in the morning. That's God's promise to us in Christ Jesus. And it's for these reasons that on this eve of Thanksgiving Day that we echo the words of King David. I will extol you, O Lord. O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Amen.